Ephesians chapter number 6. I want to challenge some of you dads today. Matter of fact, I hope it challenges each and every one of us here. You don't have to be a dad. You can be a man, woman, boy, girl. I believe it will challenge your heart. I hope it does. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 1. Let's stand together for the reading of God's word and prayer for the message and obedience unto him. Boy, God's good to us. Amen. I'm blessed beyond measure. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And your fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling. In the singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers. But as the servants of Christ. Doing the will of God from the heart. I want to preach with God being my helper this morning. The fundamentals of being a good dad. The fundamentals of being a good dad. Let us pray together. Father, Lord, we do thank you for what we've already felt today. Lord, the many blessings you've already bestowed upon us, dear God, just this hour. Lord, we can go ahead and say thank you, say amen, and go to the house. But Lord, we've got an unction within our heart, within ourselves, to deliver the word of God this morning to a lost and dying world. And Lord, I know somebody may need some help this morning. Lord, I pray that your word will give us help. I pray that you would use these lips of clay for thy glory. Lord, undergird us with your spirit and your power. Loose this tongue and let it go. And we'll certainly praise you and give you glory and honor for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do humbly ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Have you often wondered why is it that some dads are better at parenting than others? Why is it that some had a, have a better track record? Some that are, are more successful with their marriage than others. Why are some more successful uh, in their relationship with their wives and with their kids? And why is it that some kids turn out better than others? Why is it that some kids turn out to be a total disaster for the family? Why is it? Maybe it's the same reason some coaches are more successful than others. The bottom line, I've heard this many a times, you've got to stress the fundamentals, the basics, the truths. With football, it's good blocking, low hard tackles, and few penalties. With basketball, it's teamwork and knowing what to do when you don't have the ball, defense, and no turnovers. But what about parenting? What about being a good dad? How's little Johnny going to grow up to be a good person? 
As we have smaller children, you may have smaller children, you may have adult children. That does not mean that you're not to be a dad. No matter what age they are or the age that you are, you're still dad until we leave this world. One thing we need to remember this morning is that kids aren't born criminals. Neither are they born Christians. I wish I had time this morning to talk to you about little Johnny and who is really responsible for him. But I can tell you this. Statistically, he's part of a declining population. Socially, he's a product of computer technology. Reality TV and changing morality. Spiritually, he knows nothing about God, the Bible, nor the church. He is as lost as a goose in a windstorm. And the only way little Johnny is ever going to get saved is for someone outside of the home to take an interest in him. I had a dad ask me one time this question. He says, how can I best secure The future of my children. Good question. I told him it's all about the fundamentals. So what are the fundamentals of being a good dad? What is it going to take to get little Johnny and little Susie to be successful in their life? What is the dad going to be challenged to do this morning? First of all, let me say that a good dad is one who is saved and thoroughly committed to Jesus Christ. What did the Philippian jailer want to know from Paul? He wanted to know how to be saved. That ought to be one of the greatest desires of our children. Is to come up to daddy and say, daddy, how can I be saved? Listen to me, dads. Until you're thoroughly saved through and through, you're not spiritually fit to be leading little children. Oh, preacher, wait a minute, that's a bold statement. Listen, I'm telling you, it's not enough uh, uh, to walk down some church aisle, uh, uh, make a profession of faith, uh, uh, get baptized and join the church. It's not enough to be a Sunday morning Christian uh, and be something else the rest of the week. Uh, Your kids will see through that in a minute. Uh, They need to see that your salvation is a genuine commitment to Jesus Christ uh, and that He is the focal point of your life. Uh, And when they see that in your life, uh, it makes an impression on them to when they grow up in the fear and admonition of the Lord they'll be willing to take the right road and not the wrong road I don't know brother Dusty how many times I've heard dads tell me oh boy preacher I wish I would have brought my kids to church instead of sent them to church Uh, You see, back in the day, uh, uh, it used to be a way of building a church was bus ministries. And there's uh, some churches now that still have bus ministries. And they'll go into uh, pretty much impoverished neighborhoods. And they'll uh, go downtown. And they'll go through the little neighborhoods where there's all kind of kids. And and they'll virtually put them on the bus. Uh, Their parents will put them on the bus. And they'll bus in 80 to 100 kids. Uh, And, of course, the idea and the theory of a bus ministry is this. uh, If we can get their kids one. If we can win them to Jesus, just maybe we can reach their parents. 
I'm not against bus ministries, but I can say this today, it's not as effective as it used to be. Uh, it's hard just to pull up uh, into a neighborhood and get a kid that don't know you uh, to get on a church bus. And virtually that's what the ministry entails. But my friend, those children need a father figure in their life that'll stand up for what's right and that'll stand for the grace of God and for salvation and be committed unto Jesus Christ. When times get tough, they don't see daddy going to a beer bottle or a liquor bottle. They see daddy going down to their knees in prayer and asking God to help them. And my friend, that right there will make an impression for a lifetime. Now that beer bottle and that pill bottle will make an impression too, but it makes the wrong impression, you see. And I know that that's a way that some dads uh, and some men handle their problems. Some ladies uh, uh, handle their problems. Uh, but that's not way to handle your problems. Uh, the way to handle it is to go to Jesus Christ uh, and trust in Him. A good dad's one that's saved and committed to Christ. Number two, a good dad is one who is faithful to the local church and honor and respects the pastor. Hebrews 10, 25 says, Forsaken not the assembling yourselves together amongst believers. You can't teach a person to do something that you don't do. You can't lead them where you don't go. Because they'll look at you as a kid and they may not be bold enough to say it. But they'll look at it and say, well, wait a minute. You're saying we need to do this, but you don't do it. Wrong impression. Bad impressions, if you will. A dad needs to be that one that's faithful to the local church. Not Benny Hinn on the TV. Not Jimmy Swaggart down in Louisiana. Not Joel Osteen down in Houston, Texas. Because when time comes and you need a pastor, they're not going to come and help you. You're not even going to get them on the phone. Well, I'll just go down there and I'll bust in there and I'll go see the man myself. You try it. We had one of our guys one time. He thought he was big and bad, zesty. Uh, he pastored down a little church in Inaria. And right now he's dead somewhere out in eternity. I ain't going to tell you how he died. But he got big and bad one day. He was going to pop up in Ohio and he was going to go and see Rod Parsley and tell him exactly what he thought. He couldn't get into two miles of Rod Parsley because all the security guards took him out and took him and escorted him out of the building. Uh-uh. He wasn't going to tell that man what to do. I'm talking about a serving in a local church and being grounded in the local church. Let me tell you something, Dad. Your example is going to church on Sunday morning. Your example is going to church on Sunday night. Your example is going to church on Wednesday night. It's the greatest demonstration of your love for God and His church than anything else that you can do is being present in the pew when the church services is going on. Your children need to see you being consistent in your worship. Your children need to see you being consistent in the house of God. Your children need to see you consistent even in tithing and giving to the local church. Children need to see that consistency in your deep concern. 
They need to see that being a church member is not a spectator sport. It's not enough to uh, sit in the bleachers and cheer. Uh, you have to get down on the field uh, and be involved. Amen. I thank God that we've got children that want to do things for the Lord. That want to do things within the house of the Lord. That want to serve Him and love Him and do it graciously. A good dad is one who is faithful to the local church. A good dad is one who is separated from the world. Amen. Uh, when the Bible tells us, Brother John, uh, to love not the world nor the things of the world, uh, I believe a good dad will say amen. amen. When the Bible says, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, I believe a good dad's going to say amen. Uh, when the Bible says, be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, uh, I believe the good dad says hallelujah, praise be unto God. That's what the word says this morning. Good dad understands the danger the world is to each of his children. He never underestimates the power of the world, the flesh, and the devil. My wife and I probably worry ourselves sick more than most people over their children because we know what the world can do to a child. We know exactly what the devil can do through peer pressure. We know exactly what the devil can do in destroying a home. We know how the devil works and we know his devices and we know how he operates. You better not be ignorant of his devices today. He sees them as a threat to his family. And does everything he can to protect them from the dangers. He begins to be... Uh, begins by being a good example of righteous and holy living, but he's often mostly overprotective. And may I say that's better than being underprotective. You know? I know that my child's not going to get out and drink and get up under a wheel of a car, either one, together. No, no. I don't believe that. Not that I don't trust my child. Not to do that. I trust him not to do that. But I don't trust the fool in the other car. You see what I'm saying? I don't trust. You know. I, I, that, that's what I don't trust Eddie. I don't, I don't trust him in the other vehicles. That might be out doing that kind of stuff. You know. But what, what is the deal with kids today? They got to stay out to 2 and 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning. Listen, there is nothing going on good at 2, 3, and 4 o'clock in the morning. Y'all awful quiet in here. If Todd Black is out at 2, 3, or 4 o'clock in the morning, somebody's at the hospital, they're sick and they're dying or dead. I'm going to be in the bed. I went to bed early last night. I was tired. But I'm, I'm just saying, there's nothing good going on that time of night. No. Amen. Nothing. Nothing at all. It, w- it would suit me just fine if Spartanburg County would just roll up the streets about 11.30 and cut everything down, make everybody close, and make everybody go to the house. But don't they give you a ticket? Yeah. Amen. Oh, you're an old fogey preacher. You, you're an old fogey wanting to do that, roll up the streets at 11.30. Listen, we'd be a whole lot better off and there'd be a whole lot more kids off the street and people would be out of trouble more if they did. 
I'm here to tell you. There's nothing good going on in that time of the day. we got to be separated. And we got to protect those children. But number four, a good dad is one who is passionately in love with his children's mother, who I'm hoping is his wife. You know what I mean. Now, certain circumstances do arise when they may be split husband and wife with children. I understand that. I have a stepfather. I know that. I understand that. But a lot of times, the dad in the house is not loving on mama. He's loving on somebody he ain't got no business. I've often said the best thing a dad can do for his children outside of serving the Lord is to be kind and loving to mama. Amen. My kids still frown and go, ooh, when I hug my wife and give her some sugar. Any of y'all do that? Any of y'all young going to do that? Yeah, Eddie's back there. <laughs> I would frown if I seen your mom and daddy hugging and giving some sugar too. <laughs> they think that's the grossest thing in the world. That mom reach over and give daddy some sugar. Or daddy reach over and give mom some sugar. Or they give a hug. Or they snuggled up on the couch. Hey, let me tell you something, mom and dad. That's good for you. <laughs> John said, Amen. John's 80-something years old, still likes to snuggle. (laughs) Amen. Look out after her best interest, that wife of yours. It means to provide for her in sickness and in health. It means to secure her future as well as her present. The Bible says that we ought to give her honor. My friend, listen, a relationship is not all about me. It's not all about her. It's about supporting one another together and making decisions together. Even though you feel like sometimes there's no need for you even to open your mouth because mama's going to get her way in. Anyhow, y'all know what I'm talking about now, don't you? Yeah, passionately love, in love with the mother. A good dad, number five, is dedicated to the overall well-being of his children. All too often, dad picks and chooses what areas he's going to concentrate on as it relates to his kids. And when he leaves, then he's going to leave the rest up to the mother. Shame on you. A good dad's not going to do that. And something else, just because, let me reiterate this. Something else, when, when children leave the home and the nest is empty, doesn't mean that you quit being a dad. You're still daddy. Mm-hmm. Being a dad is a lifetime assignment. I told my wife one day, I said, where's my son? I don't ever see my son no more. He's going to school. He's working. He goes to bed. He goes to school. He goes to work. He goes to bed. I said, where's my son? I said, I sure would like to go take him fishing one day, but where's he at? 
Of course, the favorite of all mothers' responses is, honey, he's being a teenager. <laughs> Little Eddie done the same thing when he was growing up. But now him and his dad are closer than ever. He'll grow out of that. I wish you'd hurry up and grow out of it. <laughs> Good dad is dedicated to the overall well-being of his children. It's a lifetime assignment. Mm -hmm. I hope and pray that one day I may be 80 years old, uh, that my son would be able to call me or my daughter would be able to call me and say, Dad, I need some advice and I hope that I would be able to give good logical advice that would lead him in the right direction even though I may be old as the hills. They done told me when they put me in a nursing home they'd come see me once a month just when I get my check. <laughs> oh yeah, Dad, we'll come see you in the nursing home once a month when you get your check. They don't know if you go into a nursing home you don't get no check. So if you want anything when I'm gone, you better keep me at the house and keep me well. <laughs> Number six, a good, man, a good dad is a man of deep devotion. What I mean by this is that he's a man of the book as well as a man of prayer. His religion is not something that he puts on like a suit of clothes on Sunday morning and takes off on Monday morning. Oh, no. A good dad is an everyday, seven days a week Christian who gets his instruction from the Bible and bathes them in prayer. A lot of times, men, listen, I don't understand why children go astray, but they do. That does not mean that you're a bad dad. I've known some preachers that have tried to raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And I know they've done a good job in doing it. But yet the children still strayed. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense why they do or how they do it and when they do it. But don't beat yourself up this morning, Dad, thinking it's all your fault. Because I'm telling you, the devil's a liar and he wants you discouraged. Sometimes the devil slips into certain areas of our life unaware. And when he does that, he wreaks havoc. And we as praying dads and faithful dads that try to do the best for our children, all of a sudden that child makes one wrong mistake and one wrong turn in life. Even though you've warned them about it, you can't live it for them. I believe it was Joe the other week told me, said, Preacher, you know what? We can win them to the Lord. We can pray for them, but we can't live it for them. They've got to live it themselves. Yeah. Talking about Christian in general. Yeah. They've got to live it themselves. Uh, if I could go and, and live it for some of you, I would. If I could do it and, and, and be there with you 24-7 and, and warn you and show you some truth of the Word of God on your journey, I would. But it's just not possible. It's not possible. I can't walk that journey of life with you. Number seven. Let me leave you with this today. A good dad knows how to work. 
Back in the very dawn of human history, God saw the need of work as it relates to the man. We read in Genesis 2.15 that God took the man and put him into gar- in the garden to dress it and to keep it. Work has always been the blessed experience of the man. Listen to the scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10. If any would not work, neither should he eat. And then in 1 Timothy 5, 8, it says, If any man provides not for his own, and especially for those in his own house, he hath, to, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Life is work. Today, though, a man don't have to work. He can sit back and get his cell phone from the government and a snap card and get everything for free. Now, I'm not to uh, berating governmental programs because some of them are needed and some people do need it. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, Maxie, something's wrong when the government pays more than they can make on a job to make a living. You know who's paying it? We are. (laughs) The taxes we pay. We're paying it. Why do I want to work? I'm making more money on unemployment. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> I remember coming up through high school. Wanted to get me a job. Where are you going to go get a job? I'm going over to Winn-Dixie. I'm going to bag me some groceries. Hey, don't be laughing. It's more than what some of y'all have done. I pulled up in the Winn-Dixie. I filled out me an application. I had one of my buddies from school that worked there. He was going to try to help me get a job. They was needing some baggers. I was like, hey, man, I can throw some groceries in a sack. They called me. They hired me. All right, boss, what you going to start me out at? $3.15 an hour. I said, glory to God. That's minimum wage, but that's, that's good enough for me. I got in there and I worked. I was so proud of my job. I was bagging them groceries. Worked in there about several months. It might have been four or five months. Maybe six months. Then I had another buddy work up Piggly Wiggly. He said, man, you need to come up here and work. Got this new store up here. He said, they'll pay you three seventy-five hours to start out. I said, man, going from three fifteen to three seventy-five is the hardest work as I've been doing. Bagging these groceries. And these people not tipping me a bit for rolling them groceries out. I said, that sounds pretty good. So I went up there and I talked to them. Hired me on the spot. I said, well, let me work my two weeks notice. I want to do the right thing. Worked my little two weeks notice. Showed up at Piggly Wiggly. They gave me one of them aprons with a pig on it right there. You remember them days? You used to work at Piggly Wiggly. You had the good job, though. I had... (laughs) Walked in there, was making three seventy-five an hour. And Gerald, I bet it wasn't three or four weeks, a new manager came in. But I was still working hard. And he'd start giving me other assignments. He'd say, I need you to go fill that end cap up. Okay. 
I always liked working with paper towels. They was light. <laughs> I'd get on that end cap and I'd stack them paper towels up pretty good. You know, they was always giving away free stuff. That's probably the free item of the week or something. And I was putting it all up there. And the new boss man come by there and said, Son, I like the way you work. I said, Well, I appreciate that, boss. He said, How long have you been here? I said, Not long. Five, six weeks, maybe. I don't know. He said, well, I'm going to give you a raise. I said, really? He said, yeah. You're going to make four fifty an hour. I said, praise the Lord. That made me work even harder. And I was working, and I was trying to do everything, and I was trying to keep that end cap stopped up, and I, you know, stocked up, and I was trying to, uh, 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 trying to bag groceries and take people groceries out, and when I had some free time, I'd go over there and put out more paper towels. That same day, he came by there. He said, hey. I said, yes, sir. He said, did I tell you I was going to give you a raise? He said, I said, yes, sir. You said you was going to pay me four fifty. He said, never mind. I'm going to give you four eighty five. <laughs> I said, praise the Lord. I done, I done got two raises in one day. Boy, I was really going to town then. I really wanted to work. All of a sudden, David, they had me running the cash register. They had me unloading that truck early in the morning, about 5 o'clock when that thing pulls up over in there. Had me separating all that stuff on them pallets. About working me like a dog. Without the, but by the time that first year was out, I was making about 7 bucks and something. I was making twice as what I made out of Winn-Dixie, plus some. Before I knew it, they had me back there in the meat department, cleaning up the meat department. Now, that wasn't the most blessed of jobs. But it was a little different, and it was cool back there. But not only that, when I graduated high school, went to college, I had to pay my way. Mom being a single mom, we didn't have a lot of extra disposable cash. I had to work. But listen, I'm not tooting my horn, but let me tell you what it done. And she'll tell you it's the truth. I'd work full-time hours at the hospital on third shift. I'd work second shift full-time hours at Kmart. And then I would go to school and had a full load 18 and 19 hours. I had to do it. Because I decided to go buy me a little red convertible. <laughs> and somebody had to make that car payment. Somebody had to put gas in it. Somebody had to help out with the expenses. But you know what? I worked. We ate. The, the needs were met. I walked around like a zombie during school, college. But God blessed me for it every bit of the way. I see a lot of Jonathan in me because he wants to work all the time. He's got to pay for that car. He's got to pay for some insurance. He's got to put some gas in it, even though his mama slips and gives him gas money every once in a while. Life is work. You need to watch your children and teach them how to work. You know why some of our children turn out the way they do? Because they got a deadbeat dad that's too lazy to work. 
Too many kids are being turned out into society and they don't know how to do anything. Teach that boy how to fix the air conditioner. Yeah. That'll work. Yes, sir. That'll work. Work to them. A lot of people, a lot of kids today, a lot of young adults growing up. Growing up work is a, another dirty four-letter word. Both mom and dad need to be teaching their children how to work. And what's worth doing is worth doing well. Hey, listen, I work just as hard for $3.15 an hour as I did $4.85 an hour to Piggly Wiggly. I worked just as hard, if not harder, because I knew I was getting paid more and more was expected of me. I've heard people say in reference to parenting that my approach is trial and error. There's a better way today. We've got the best how-to book ever written. On how to be a good dad. And it's in this Bible. If you'll follow the instructions written in this book. You'll come out a winner every time. It won't be easy. Shortcuts are a dime a dozen. And none of them work. But the work you put in to it. While you're young. While your children are young. The better it will pay off in the future. I want you to stand across this sanctuary this morning. As they come get us a song of invitation. <coughs> I've tried to teach my children this, especially Jonathan, because him being the boy, Hannah not up into that age yet that you would have this conversation with. I told my son, I said, boy, three things you need to remember. Work hard, first of all, anything that you do. Whether it be school, job, whatever, work hard. Number two, this will take anybody a long way. Listen to what I'm saying. Work hard. Number two, don't mess with somebody else's woman. Number three, number three, never steal from another man. Don't bother nobody else's money. We can add a fourth one under that today, which is already a given and should be number one on our list. Live for the Lord. Live for the Lord. Those others, if you don't work good for a living, you won't work. Number two, if you mess with somebody's woman, you're liable to be six foot under sooner than you want to be. You steal from somebody else and, and take their money. You liable to be six foot under or behind bars somewhere. Mm-hmm. You take those things in life and apply it to yours. It'll work out. Mm-hmm. Keep the Lord Jesus Christ first. Before we pray, I want to challenge each and every man in here today to gather around this altar and say, "Lord, I want to be a better man." I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. Lord, help me to be. Because you know as well as I do, none of us are perfect. We've all made mistakes. I challenge the children to gather on this altar and say, Lord, I want to be a better child.
I want to be better honoring my father and my mother. I want to even challenge the mothers that are here today to love your husband, to honor him, and lift him up to the Lord as he tries to do the right thing today. Father, Lord, as we come to you today, Lord, as humble as we know how, thanking you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, for all these many that are gathering around this altar today, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be better dads, to be better husbands. Lord, to be better men of work, better stewards of the Bible. Lord, I pray that you would move in our hearts in a special, special way. Oh, God, these that are gathered around, Lord, as we can tell, there's nowhere to hardly even gather. God, we know that we can trust in you and pray right where we sit if we need to. Our Father in heaven, God, happy Father's Day. Lord, help us to be more obedient unto our parents. Help us as fathers to stand tall, to be what you would want us to be, what we need to be for thee. Give us a work ethic beyond measure. Lord, I pray that most of all we'll seek Christ first in our lives and lead with authority and lead with, Lord, your grace and knowledge upon our lives. May we be in the center of your will. Lord, there may be one here today that's lost and undone, doesn't know you from the free pardon of sin. God, I pray that you would save them before it's too late. Uh, Lord, any man, boy, girl, woman to present. Lord, we know today without a shadow of a fact that heaven is real and it can be proclaimed, it can be gained, hell can be shunned. They would just slide out of a pew that they're sitting and into an old-fashioned altar of prayer. Lord, we know that you can deliver that soul from hell. In Jesus' name we ask.